I'd like to say good morning to everyone and welcome to another lecture given by the members of the Southfield, Michigan class. My name is Felicia Hamilton and I will be your moderator. This is a school and not a church. Neither are we affiliated with any religious organization. This school is a nonprofit, non-denominational, religious and scientific research organization dedicated to showing proof of the existence of Yahweh, our Elohim, and the operation of his eternal purpose, pattern, and plan operating throughout eternity to this present day. This school was established as a result of a divine vision and revelation given to our founder, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the state of Ohio in the year 1931. We, we, the Southfield, Michigan class was established in 1997. The Dean of the Southfield, Michigan class is Dr. Marvin Lewis. The president is Dr. Edward Yule. And the vice president is Dr. Ronald Atkins. In this school, we use the true, correct, and original name and title of the Father, the Word or Son, and the Holy Spirit, which are contained in the original Hebrew text. The true name of the Heavenly Father is Yahweh. It has been improperly substituted by Lord. The true title of the Word or Son is Elohim. It has been improperly substituted by God. The name of the Holy Spirit manifested in or out of a physical body is Yahshua. It has been erroneously substituted by Jesus Christ. Lord and God are titles and not names. The Apostle Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit, tells us in 1 Corinthians 8 and 5 that there are Lord's many and God's many. But we now know that each Lord must have a name and each God must have a name also. Elohim is a title, but unlike Lord and God, Elohim is a divine title. That means Elohim is the title our creator chose for himself. Jesus is a name, but it is an erroneous name. A minor investigation on your part in a good dictionary or encyclopedia will prove that neither the Greek language, the Hebrew language, nor the Latin language had any letters or characters in their alphabet that would produce the sound that is made by this letter J. Neither was there a letter J in the English language until some 1400 years after the Messiah's death. Therefore, such names as Jesus and Jehovah are impossible renderings of the true and original name of our Father and His Son. Christ is a title, just like Lord and God. Yahweh is pure spirit. And in this state, he is incomprehensible and inscrutable. He is the ultimate source, substance, limits, and bounds of everything. We have Yahweh in his pure spirit state, symbolized on this chart as a cloud. Yahweh is not a cloud. He merely chose a cloud to symbolize himself because a cloud has no particular or descriptive shape and form. We have drawn this cloud all around the edges of this chart to show you 
that everything on the chart is within the cloud. In like manner, everything in the universe abides within the pure spirit state of Yahweh. Yahweh knowing that man could not perceive of him in this pure spirit state, took on shape and took on form right within himself as Elohim. This is the word or son, a super incorporeal being that is having the shape and form of a man, but without flesh and blood. This form can only be seen in divine visions and understood in divine revelation. Later on, this self-same spirit manifested himself in a physical body and walked the earth plane as Yahshua the Messiah, whom the world calls Jesus Christ. Now there is only one name given into salvation and we must know that name. So the simple yet intelligent question we must ask ourselves is, what was the name of the Messiah during the time he walked the earth plane? A further understanding of this name and title may be had by reading the preface of the Holy Name Bible. Also in this school, we teach by the divine pattern of the universe. It is called the divine pattern because it is Yahweh's pattern. After Yahweh led the children of Israel out of Egypt, he called Moses atop Mount Sinai and showed him the tabernacle pattern in the vision. Yahweh instructed Moses to build one exactly like it in the wilderness of Sinai. The pattern consists of a most holy place, a holy place, and a court round about. These three compartments make up the one tabernacle pattern. In this school, we show proof that everything in the universe is made and operates according to the structure and the function of this threefold tabernacle pattern and that absolutely nothing escapes the pattern. The primary aims and constitutional objectives are, of the class are as follows. First, to help you find and know Yahweh, our Elohim, as he really is and actually exists. Second, to form a nucleus of universal brotherhood of humanity and Yahshua the Messiah without distinction of race, nationality, creed, sex, caste, or color. Third, to investigate the unexplained spirit law or so-called law of nature and the powers latent in man. Fourth, to encourage and promote the study of the scriptures, comparative religions, psychology, philosophy, and modern practical and occult science. Fifth, to extirpate current superstitions, skepticisms, and ignorance. Sixth, to learn, know, and understand the operation of Yahweh's eternal purpose through the dispensations and ages. Seventh, 
to discern and avoid being deceived by Lucifer, the serpent, the devil, the dragon, or Satan and his demons operating the mystery of iniquity on earth through the dispensations of time. Eighth, to earnestly contend for the common salvation and faith which was once delivered unto the sons or children of Yahweh. Ninth, to make known that Yahweh from the beginning ordained, there is no other name given among men whereby man can be saved, saving the name of Yahshua the Messiah. And 10th, to inherit eternal life now in the kingdom of Yahshua the Messiah with the hope of immortal glorification in a newer state. Our watchword is peace and our slogan is speak the truth. At this time, we would like to have a prayer well, I'd like to have the class dedicated in prayer by Dr. Andre McDaniel, followed by scripture, which will be Psalms 136th Division, read by Dr. Lauren Lewis. Good morning, class. May we all bow our hearts, may we all bow our hearts and minds for a moment of prayer. Heavenly Father, gracious Father, Yahweh, we thank you for allowing us to come again, once again, and learn about you. We thank you for the mercy that you have bestowed on upon us and pulling us from out of the world from which we came and sitting us down so that we may learn about you and learn about our savior, Yahshua the Messiah. Father, we thank you for allowing us to gather this morning to learn about you one more time. And we ask that you come through the vessels on the floor and that the body be edified spiritually and physically and mentally and may the class say in these blessings we ask in yashua's name may the class say hallelujah can you hear me okay yes we can okay i'd like to say good morning to the class good morning i'll be reading out of the king james version substituting the true names where appropriate that psalms the 136th division. Oh, give thanks unto Yahweh, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Elohim of the mighty ones, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the ruler of rulers, for his mercy endureth forever. Excuse me. To him who alone doeth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that made great lights, for his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endureth forever. The moon and stars to rule by night, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that smote Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endureth forever. And brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endureth forever. With a strong hand and with a stretched out arm, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which divided the Red Sea into parts, 
for his mercy endureth forever. And may Israel to pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endureth forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which smote great kings, for his mercy endureth forever. And slew famous kings, for his mercy endureth forever. Sion, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endureth forever. And Og, the king of Bashan, for his mercy endureth forever. And gave their land for an heritage, for his mercy endureth forever. Even an heritage unto Israel, his servant, for his mercy endureth forever. Who remembered us in our low estate, for his mercy endureth forever and hath redeemed us from our enemies, for his mercy endureth forever. Who giveth food to all flesh, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto Yahweh, Elohim of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. That was Psalms, the 136th division. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Beautiful, beautiful. We want to once again say good morning to everyone and we do appreciate you for joining we know some people may have forgotten that our class is early today but we do appreciate you for for coming out to join us today uh, we do acknowledge our visiting brethren dr die doctors john and myra quates we're always happy to have you here with us today so we were talking um, before class started about you know today and being thankful um, the world is celebrating this as, you know, uh, a celebration of, you know, the pilgrims discovering America and sitting down with the Indians to, you know, give thanks for whatever. But that's not why we gather together. We gather together all the time to give thanks unto Yahweh, as the scripture said. So on that premise, what we'd like to do, and uh, we were talking about now let um, Dr. Brazil kind of lead it off. We were just going to have open, um, we were going to have open testimony and pretty much just open discussion. So for those of us who would, Yahweh has placed on your heart to acknowledge what you are thankful for, we would certainly like to hear that. And just to um, go back to the scripture lesson, there was one line in there where it said, um, Oh, give thanks unto Yahweh for his mercy endure forever, for he killed the firstborn in Egypt. And I'm sitting here thinking while she's saying that, like, why would I be thankful for that? Because Yahweh has a purpose, a pattern, and a plan. And it was his purpose that 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 happened. So that because remember, we always say that something has to die for you to be free. So in order for those children of Israel to escape out of Egypt something there had to be a death not only the death of that lamb but the death of the firstborn which spiritually points to the dying of you in order for you to know that it's all about yashua and not about you so just want to um go ahead and open it up once again we're just having open discussion and uh thinking about the scripture lesson being thankful for yahweh because his mercy does endure forever so um, if anyone has anything that they'd like to lead, oh, that's right, I wanted Dr. Brazil to lead off if she could, because we are having open discussion. So Dr. Brazil, if you could kind of just piggyback on that and take us into discussion. 
It's so interesting that you pointed out that that one passage because that's the exact passage that I thought about too when I was um, hearing that. And that was a beautiful scripture and um, wonderful choice for today. All the things that Yahweh did because his mercy endureth forever. And even now in this last prophetic seconds, we are saved by grace through faith in Yahshua the Messiah of all the things that Yahweh has proven through his demonstration, through the age of dispensations of time, that he is the Elohim that he says he is and the great deliverer that he says he is. But that passage about Egypt, what that made me think about, because it said and that he, um, can you get it? I don't want to miss it, mess it up. Yeah, that's um, Psalms 136, and I'll start at uh, 10. Mm -hmm. To him that smote Egypt in their firstborn, for mm -hmm. his mercy endureth forever. Yeah, I went and, back. I'm sorry, that's, that's the only part I want. Okay. Um, and I was thinking about how he how he specifically named Egypt. He smote Egypt in his firstborn. And what you what you will find is that Yahweh keeps repeating through the prophets what he did in the land of Egypt. I mean, all the way through, he's he's talking about this, about because uh, this was a great demonstration. And in fact, Dr. Kinley said that the, the entire purpose of Yahweh is manifested in the migratory pattern. So what Yahweh did, because um, this was setting up spiritual principles that he is going to later on reveal what he's doing here. And we're in the age and dispensation of the revelation of the spiritual meaning of these things. So that's what I want to talk about. That passage about Egypt and the spiritual meaning that it brought back to my mind. And I'm going to be brief and I'll be done. But Yahweh, um, and it's so funny because I'm sorry, you guys, we gotta, you gotta see these things. You gotta read them. Mm -hmm. And um, it's so pretty. And so I'm gonna look on my smartphone that's smarter than me and find the passage because it's so it's so I'm, I'm I keep saying this I'm sorry but it's so funny that you picked that passage because that had been on my mind for a little bit and Yahweh made me go back and read the plagues of Egypt and specifically when it was that Yahweh made the difference between Egypt and Israel. Because as Yahweh revealed to us in this vision, but it's written in your Bible, by the way, it's in there, um, that Yahweh, he separated and made a difference between the Egyptians and the Israelites. And I wanna, um, 
I want you to read exactly the words that Yahweh said about it. Let me see if I can see which one it is. It is um, it's after the third plague because he did after the plague of the flies or the frogs. Lice. Lice is a chapter okay. after the fries you see the flies and the frogs i think it was after the okay it was after the frogs okay felicia after the frogs is eight it became lice um here it is i got it i got it okay. it's nope it's exodus eight and 22 okay yeah go to 21 though 21 okay yeah. you got it lauren well actually go go up to 20. Yes. Okay. go to 20. that's 20. exodus 8 and 20. Mm-hmm. and yahweh said unto moses rise up early in the morning and stand before pharaoh lo he cometh forth to the water and say unto him thus saith yahweh let my people go that they may serve me else if thou will not let my people go behold i will send swarms of flies upon thee and upon thy servants and upon thy people and into thy houses and the houses of the egyptians shall be full of swarms of flies and also the ground whereon they are and i will sever in that day the land of goshen in which my people dwell that no swarms of flies shall be there to the end thou mayest know that I am Yahweh in the midst of the earth. And I will put a division between my people and thy people. Tomorrow shall this sign be. Now that's where he, and it says it in my little margin translator on my smartphone. When he says, I will sever, he says, I will set apart in that day, the land of Goshen. Remember they were in Goshen. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. from that point on, none of the plagues that plagued Egypt plagued the children of Israel in Goshen. Right. He made a difference, he said. Mm-hmm. I will make a division. Mm-hmm. He set them apart. And you remember what Yahweh called Israel? He said, let my son Israel go. This was the assembly that he had chosen in Canaan land that their seed would go down but he would deliver them out by a mighty hand and those children of Israel didn't even know Yahweh they didn't have any um knowledge of Yahweh I mean they knew that they had a God that they served that was invisible they called him El Shaddai but they had had no interactions or dealings with Yahweh, they had been down there in Egypt all this time serving Pharaoh. But now Yahweh had come down by the hand of Moses and Aaron, which represent the law and the prophets, and declared to this assembly that he chose. And when you go back and you read the beginning where Moses and Aaron come, They go to the children of Israel first and they tell them that Yahweh has come to deliver you. And it reads that the children of Israel believed them. You understand that this Yahweh had come 
and and now he is you know they had their issues when when um pharaoh said now you make brick without straw but then we tell you <laughs> you know now you made it even harder on us and they're murmuring and complaining even in egypt but yahweh said he's going to deliver and this is this is a powerful spiritual principle. And Yahweh is going, and he, he, he does what he says he's going to do. He does not leave his promise. Uh, he does not let it fail. You see what I'm saying? And to every one of them that was of that assembly, it did not fail. So as you read on through these, um, um plagues and if you go over let um go over to one more go over to uh exodus nine and um go to nine and one exodus and nine and one uh-huh then yahweh said unto moses go in unto pharaoh and tell him thus saith Yahweh Elohim of Hebrews, let my people go, that they may serve me. For if thou refuse to let them go and will hold them still, behold, the hand of Yahweh is upon thy cattle, which is in the field, upon thy horses, upon the asses, upon the camels, upon the oxen, and upon the sheep, there shall be a very grievous moraine. And Yahweh shall sever between the cattle of Israel and the cattle of Egypt, and there shall nothing die of all that is in the children of Israel. And Yahweh appointed and set a time, saying, Tomorrow Yahweh shall do this thing in the land. And Yahweh did that thing on the morrow, and all the cattle of the Egypt died, but of the cattle of the children of Israel died not one. And Pharaoh sent, and behold, there was not one of the cattle of the Israelites dead. And the heart of Pharaoh was hardened, and he did not let the people go. Now, see, you have to, you have to ask, I was talking to one of the brethren about purpose, the purpose of Yahweh. Why is he doing this this way? These are types and shadows he's setting up back here. And so he is severed or made a difference between Egypt and Israel. And he's setting up that spiritual principle that's going to follow all the way down through his purpose. Not just back here. This is the type of shadow. So the same principle manifested itself with Yahshua. And he selected these 12 disciples. He said, come follow me. And Yahshua confirmed this same principle back here, making a difference with his assembly versus Egypt, which represents the world. Yahshua said, I pray when he prayed for them. I believe that's the 17th chapter. He said, I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me. And he said to them when they asked this parable, and he said, oh, they asked him, why do you speak to us plainly and speak to them in parables? And Yahshua, he didn't lie to them. He said, it is given to you to know, and it's not given to them to know. Right. 
See, he, he made that difference. Now, I want you to understand the children of Israel were just as wretched as anything else in the world. They had become the same idolaters as Egyptians. And the, the disciples didn't have the Holy Spirit when they were walking with the Messiah. But, you know, here it is. You have Peter had done so much, right? To be contrary. God we even identified what was in Peter that was being contrary. Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou savest not the things of Yahweh, but the things of the world, of men. You understand? And Satan was manifesting Peter. But it wasn't Peter that was going to betray him. That had been designated to Judas. And the vision brought out that when they were in the supper together, it said, he that received the sop from me is the one who will betray me. And the one that stopped with him was Judas. Got to Kelly in this vision. He brought out that that's when Satan got out of Peter and jumped in Judas to do what he went out to do. And that's what Yahshua said to him. Now do what you do and do it quickly. Right. He's talking to Satan to him. But see, Yahweh has made this according to his purpose. He has made this designation. And I'm going back to this, and I was thinking about this in my mind, because as we come to the end of this age, there are many things that's going to befall this world as it befell Egypt, as it befell those that were around the Messiah, didn't believe him. And he said to them, I know you that you have not the love of Elohim in you. You understand? He already, he knew that. He knew who these were that were his and he knew who these were that were his. And he said different things to them too. Depending on who he was talking to, he said different things to them. For example, he would tell the scribes of Pharisees, where I go, you cannot come. Where I go, you cannot follow. And they said, well, where are he gonna go? Is he gonna kill himself? What he talk about, he gonna go, he cannot. <laughs> you understand? And he he told them that, but to his disciples, he said, Where I go, you cannot follow, but you will follow me afterward. He's talking about he's going to the cross, see, but he also said to them, You will follow me afterward, because they were gonna be the recipients of the Holy Spirit. You understand? Not the ones he had been talking to, those scribes and Pharisees who didn't believe him. You understand? It's really, it's, a, it's amazing. But that principle um, of what Yahweh did in Egypt and what he demonstrated to deliver his son out, that is the same principle we are going to see at the end of this age. As I said, all that to say, that was why that was in my mind was that Yahweh's going to make a difference, folks. If not, if he hasn't already, but we are connected, we are absolutely bonded to the Elohim of the universe. We are his people, you understand? And that, that protection and that power of Yahweh is and will be manifested in his sons to deliver us out of this plague-stricken land that we're dealing with right now. It's the same Yahweh yesterday, today, and forever. And for that, I am extremely thankful.
Thank you, Dr. Brazil. And those, yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm done. I just wanted to say thanks for the Dr. Brazil. Uh huh. Is it possible that if you know the answer or, or anybody, um, but since you had talked about it in the um, scripture lesson in the 10th verse, he says that, um, I'm sorry, he says in instead of and their firstborn, he says that he would smite Egypt in their firstborn. Why does he use in instead of and? The only thing that comes to my mind about that um, is what the firstborn represents. I think Felicia and I thought it represents you. And particularly when we're dealing with the difference between the Egyptians and the uh, Israelites, the firstborn is typical of one's soul that is their inner man. Um, that's going to be your firstborn uh, from this body is your soul. And remember when he said to Pharaoh, well, he said to Moses and Aaron, why he had raised up Pharaoh, that I might show my power in him, right? So it's in, uh, it's in or, or, you know, Yahweh's doing this from a spiritual standpoint he's showing something through these physical examples. Mm -hmm. So he smote Egypt in their firstborn or in their soul. You know what okay. It represents their soul. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Dr. Brazil. Thank you for that question, Dr. Lewis. That was a good question. Um, and once again, um, I just put in the chat, we're having open discussion today. Our scripture lesson for today was Psalms 136 division which talks about being thankful to Yahweh for he is good and his mercy endure forever. So whomever would like to go ahead and speak and pick up the baton from where Dr. Brazil left off, feel free. Yes, good morning. Good morning. Um, I'm Galaxy 21 and I'm oh. just saying, saying this so you will know that who's on the call. My name mm -hmm. is Sybil Lewis and um, I what did not intend to say anything. Um, I just wanted to listen. But when Dr. Brazil was going through, uh, in fact, what she was say when she said, talked about Peter and um, uh, that, that had devil being in Peter and then given to uh, Judas, it was in a morning's class that I attended this morning. And we were talking about, uh, you know, that satanic spirit and John 8:44 and things of that nature. And um, I was uh, prompted to say what the founder said. Um, I didn't remember where it was that uh, it just like um, the Pope, he pointed out the Pope with the head devil, Satan being in the Pope. And also um, he talked about him being, if I'm correct, and if I'm not correct, you can correct me. But he also talked about the head devil being in Peter. 
And what I wanted to ask Dr. Brazil, because I didn't remember the scripture when it was talking about Peter, when he was talking to Yahshua. And if you can give me that scripture, I would appreciate it. Are you, when you said Peter talking to Yahshua, are you talking about when he told Peter to get thee behind me, Satan? Yes, yes, please. Matthew the 16th child. Thank you. Matthew 16. Mm -hmm. Want us to read it? Oh, that would be nice. Thank you. That's mm -hmm. Matthew 16 and 1. The Pharisee also with the Sadducees came and tempting desired him that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, when it when it is evening, ye say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky, but can ye not discern the signs of the times? A wicked and adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall no sign be given unto thee, excuse me, given unto it, but the sign of the prophet Jonas. And he left and departed. And when his disciples were come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Mm. It's all the way down. Yeah, where is it? I'm sorry. Might want to jump down to 18 or 21. All right. Thank you, Dr. Dye. Let's see. I'll go to 16. And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art Yahshua, the son of the living El. And Yahshua answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the kings of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Yahshua the Messiah. From that forth began Yahshua to show unto his disciples how that he must go into Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised again the third day. Then Peter took him and began to rebuke him saying, be it far from thee master, this shall not be unto thee. But he turned and said unto Peter, get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savorest not the things that be of Yahweh, but those that be of men. Yes, thank you so much, because that was the head devil, the founders that was in Peter, not just his host, not his imps, not his demon. That was the head devil. And that's the point I was trying to make. Thank you mm -hmm. so much. Mm -hmm. Once again, we're having open discussion. So if anyone would like to pick up the baton. I would just like to say, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Dr. Johnson, go ahead. Oh, yes, thank you. The scripture lesson, I didn't catch the whole thing. Can you read it for me again, please? Mm -hmm. How many verses is it? I want to take up too much time. Don't worry about it. 
It is Psalms 136 division. I'm trying to bring my Bible app back up. Would you like me to read it, Felicia? Yes, please. Thanks, Lauren. No problem. Thank you. Uh, you wanted to know how many verses, though? Yes. Okay. There is 26, I believe. I don't want to read the whole thing. Um, maybe about down to the eighth verse. Okay. That is Psalms 136 division. Oh, give thanks unto Yahweh, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the Elohim of the mighty ones, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks to the ruler of rulers, for his mercy endureth forever. To him who alone doeth great wonders, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that by wisdom made the heavens, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that made great lights, for his mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, for his mercy endureth forever. That's the eighth verse, so I can keep going if you like. Oh, no, that's good. Thank you. And mm -hmm. everything, I don't know what scripture that one is, but this, the sacrifice we give in this age is Thanksgiving. And it's not like the world thinks of Thanksgiving as for today example. You know, there's a lot of idolatry and polytheistic things going on. They serve in this God, that God, the other God. And they're saying, well, they're thankful. But something that came to me that never really clicked until it happened, I have a cousin that lives in Germany. And she said, we don't have Thanksgiving over here. I said, wow, I, I was in my 20s when I learned that. And so to know that, you know, when you're in America where we are, we have different so-called holidays, holy days, but Thanksgiving is something we're supposed to do daily, to pray without ceasing, to pray continually. And anytime I hear the scripture, oh, give thanks unto Yahweh for he is good and his mercy endure forever. I think of Dr. Joseph Martin, I sure do miss him. Thankful to have known him. Mm. And it took a while to grow up in the gospel to understand what he was saying. And yes, Yahweh is good. His mercy endureth forever. I'm not able to get out the house today, unfortunately. Um, I just had a recent oral surgery. And I'm thankful that we have class on this Zoom this morning because I didn't know what my day was going to be like. It was looking kind of gloomy. But this is when you need the, the spiritual food from Yahweh. He gives you what you need, and I'm thankful. And that's for anything. I just lost my mother-in-law. My mother just been diagnosed with stage four liver cancer. We, we got a lot going on. And I tell you, if anyone remembers my mother, she calls on Yahshua now. Hallelujah. So 
I'm thankful, but in the same time, we still have to deal with this physical body that we're in that breaks down on us sometimes, but still functions perfectly because that's how Yahweh said it to be. So I'm thankful today for the lecture that's available. We can't always be in person together. And I look forward to the time when I can be with you all in person again. I just wanted to share my testimony of being thankful. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I would like to say good morning. Good morning. And the testimony that I have is indeed very, very thankful uh, to Yahweh for his mercy that he has bestowed upon us by selecting us to be a recipient of this divine teaching. I had the opportunity to listen to one of the brethren that touched my heart so, so, so strongly. It's one of the brethren who, who Yahweh had to be involved are right in the midst of the progressive doctrine. And the things that was different than what through Dr. Kinley delivered the unadulterated truth, the pattern and purpose and plan that Yahweh had from the very beginning, stepping out of pure spirit. And um, her testimony was, was very heartwarming to me because she was able to, through Yahweh, endure sitting in the midst and not understanding why she couldn't understand it. She felt alone, she stated. She felt as if she, something was wrong with her. She couldn't understand it, what was being told. And she would ask different ones. She don't wanna lose her soul. What is it that I'm not understanding? Now, the part that was very wonderfully beautiful to me was she kept saying throughout her testimony, but Yahweh did not let her go. He chose her to be one of those that will hear the truth and adhere to the truth, not by anything that she did on her own, but simply by the grace and the mercy of Yahweh that we sit here with an understanding. When we heard this teaching for the first time, it pricked our hearts and our mind. And Yahweh had different doctrine, winds of doctrine come through. Years ago, we were all saying the same thing, verbally coming out of our mouths. But now he has caused that apostasy to occur because we're at the end of this age. And one of the things that Dr. Kenley stated constantly was that there will just be a remnant mm -hmm. that is saved. As the first speaker, Dr. Brazil, talked about, um, you know, those children of Israel, they were set aside. And this is what he's telling me. Understand, he repeats his story. They were set aside. He held them precious. It wasn't that they were so great. It was his purpose. He held them aside. He set them apart. You see, and he made a difference. And he's telling me we have to recognize that. We have to expect that. 
You are a son, he said, a son of Yahweh. Let the redeem of Yahweh say so. What we understand is not our own volition. Yahweh made us to understand. We were no different than many of the brother, our previous brethren that sat under the sound of this doctrine that was joyful with hearing the name of Yahshua and was joyful for hearing the things that was told to us. But they went away from us and it wasn't the person, it's that negative spirit that has always been in operation. There was a schism, there was a separation, there was a division. And what we're witnessing now in the last days in this earth plane, we're witnessing the spiritual reality of what has happened in these schools, what has happened with many that have separated themselves from Yahshua who won't even use his name, won't call upon him and desire to worship the creature rather than the creator. This story is repeating itself as it was in, in Egypt back there in the wilderness. They wanted to worship, build something on their own and worship. And as that brethren stated that was uh, living in that for quite some years, that is not, to say we're so much better and we're great and we're supposed to point our fingers. No, be thankful that Yahweh just held on to you because of the purpose, the purpose that he had within himself. So I am just, I'm so grateful I, he's given me an ear to hear it. This gospel to me is so beautiful and mm -hmm. it hasn't changed from when I first heard it. It has not changed. I haven't had in my heart and mind an alteration of what was originally given. Yahweh coming from pure spirit, manifesting in the shape and form seen only in divine visions and revelation as Elohim, and then divesting himself totally again of his glory and manifesting in a physical body as Yahshua the Messiah not just to be in a physical body, but with a mission to do the will of the father, which was to save his son, just as he had preparation with the children of Israel back in, the, in Egypt, to save his son. His name means salvation, our savior. And he came in to die the death of an outcast dog. See, and then to pour his spirit he says that he won't always be here, but he will. He had to go away, but he'll send another comforter that will abide with us forever. That's and right. we have seen that comforter within us, in our hearts, in our, our minds, and he has comforted us so many times. Yahshua has not let us go. He has been with us. He has guided us. He has shown us. He's lifted us up. He has done so many things that we know he is the power of all power. See, and that's what I'm thankful for today. As our brethren said, she says, I'm so grateful Yahweh did not let me go. She said at one point she gave up. She couldn't 
when they when they told her the most the hardest thing she had to endure was that Dr. Kenley or Yashua Messiah rather didn't do a D thing for us is what she stated and stated that unless you recognize that the man who had the vision, Dr. Henry Clifford Kenley, is your savior, then you are late bound unless you recognize that. And Dr. And Dr. Kenley has always stated, he did not save nobody. He is not your savior. You can't be saved in the name of your Dean, your Jehovah, your Lord, your God, nor in Dr. Henry C. Kenley. But just like that desire to worship the creature rather than the creator, it's the self same thing that we've seen. So I just want to say I'm thankful. I am so grateful to Yahshua, my savior. It's the only one that saved me. Yahshua, the Messiah, my savior. I am not ashamed to use his name. I am not ashamed to call upon his name. I am not ashamed to pray to Yeshua. And brethren, I'm telling you, we got something here. And as it was stated, and then I'll end, is that there's a lot of things. It's funny that the speaker has said that she's been thinking, meditating on those plagues in Egypt. I've been going through the same thing. Why just three? How did he end it? What, what was he showing? See, he, they were in, they had three plagues they had to endure. And after that, it's a, it was a marked difference. We're in this world and we're affected by many things in this world. We know we the plague came, we were affected, affected by it too. Mm -hmm. So you're in it, but then there will, and we're seeing that time now, that you will see a marked difference because there's going to be things that the earth plane has to endure. And Dr. Kinley in the textbook stated that those things that are coming upon the earth, like the weather that's so severe, all the conditions that are happening, it's just an omen of the wrath of Yahweh. See, it's him stating what he has always stated. He is, he, he's talking to us from heaven. And as the children of Israel, or, or rather as those disciples, came privately and said, tell us what shall be the coming of thy, of thy coming and the end of the age. And he stated to them what to look for. Now he's done the same thing to us, for us. He came to us and told us, your next door neighbor may not understand it, but you do. And that's the blessing and the thanksgiving that I have in my heart today. I thank Yahshua for choosing me. And with these words, I thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Lewis. And for those that just came in, we are having um, open discussion, open testimony today. Um, our scripture was Psalms 136. So Dr. Dye, go ahead. Uh, speaker, mm -hmm. so talk about, I want you to pick up a couple of scriptures. Mm -hmm. I guess that's Hebrews. 13 to 15. Okay, that's Hebrews 13th chapter, 5th verse. 15th verse. Oh, 15th verse, okay. Hebrews 13 and 15. 
By him, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to Yahweh continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Okay, that's what we offer up in the present kingdom age. And uh, mm -hmm. that tradition with Thanksgiving is American holidays or holy days as we talk about that. And you know, this spells slightly different, but they mean pretty much the same thing. So we have those things that people talk about that certain countries have called holy days or holidays. That's the way we refer to them. And they have these uh, basic ceremonies and they give you that time off just as the hebrews had these holy days according to yahweh three times a year they had to meet before yahweh and uh they praised or made an offering on the yahweh so there's a couple other scriptures uh, revelation let's go to exodus 4 and 22 revelations 13 and 8 i think you were talking about exodus firstborn being offered up and he kills the firstborn in the land of Egypt. You might want to bring up the uh, archetype original pattern of the universe chart. Okay, thank you. Go ahead. Exodus 4 and 22. Yes. And, thou sh and thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, thus saith Yahweh, Israel is my son. I'm sorry? Maybe you want to read the first verse. You said the first verse? Yes. Okay. That's Exodus 4 and 1. And Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto my voice. For they will say, Yahweh has not appeared unto thee. And Yahweh said unto him, What is that in thy hand? And he said, A rod. And he said, cast it on the ground, and he cast it on the ground. And it became a serpent, and Moses fled from before it. And Yahweh okay, said unto good. Moses. You want me to continue? Yeah, you can continue. Okay. And Yahweh said unto Moses, put forth thy hand, and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand that they may believe that Yahweh Elohim of their fathers, the Elohim of Abraham, the Elohim of Isaac and the Elohim of Jacob hath appeared unto thee. And Yahweh said furthermore unto him, put now thy hand into thy bosom. And he put his hand into his bosom. And when he took it out, behold, his hand was leprous as snow. And he okay. said, put thy Okay. So I just want to set up what's going on with Moses. He's talking about they would not believe. So then when you get down to the 22nd verse, he's still talking to Moses, having that conversation. Sometimes we say back there at the burning bush before it goes down to the line of Egypt. But this is the point I want to make in the 22nd verse. 22nd verse. And thou shalt say unto Pharaoh, thus saith Yahweh, Israel no, is my Yahweh. son. He's saying this to Yahweh. And he's dealing with something. He's saying Israel is my son. How many Israelites were there? Now, they didn't count women and children. We say 603,550 men of war age, not counting women, children, and old folks. So, and he's saying Israel is my son. Go ahead. Israel, excuse me, 
is my son, even my firstborn. And I he say unto thee, my firstborn. Israel is my son. He's my firstborn. And I say unto, go ahead. And I say unto thee, let my son go, that he may serve me. And if thou refuse to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. So he's setting up a premise, and this is not what he says begin with Moses and all the prophets expounded under them and all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So Revelations 13 and 8. That's Revelation 13 and 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Okay, so you say all that, read it again, please. Mm -hmm. And, and, all, mm -hmm. and all, all that dwell upon the earth. All that dwell upon the earth. Shall worship him. Shall worship him. Whose names are not written in the book of life. Whose of names mm -hmm. are not written in the book of life. Now, this mm -hmm. chart indicates something. Now, what we talk about now, I'm going to get into a couple of things here. What we talk about, we talk about the supernal nature of Yahweh. Mm -hmm. And uh, now, and we talk about Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua. So we got Yahweh in the, as the cloud. Yahweh is spirit manifesting within the cloud, symbolize eternity, Jerusalem above. That's Jerusalem in the spirit, not Jerusalem down there in Canaan land. Okay, and then what Yahweh do, he takes unshaped form and part. See, as Elohim, now that's the word of son. And on that, you have Yahweh, you have Elohim, you have Yahshua. And right there, you see a book right on his body. Now in that book, you have all, now what we say, we say Yahweh moving from pure spirit in part, not totality, to take on a shape and form as Elohim, or that's the word or son, as we lay with it on our name chart, you see, that's typical of a Passover. And then when he comes down and he brings about the physical creation, that is a Passover. When we get to the physical creation on this chart, letter C, see, it might be better on uh, chart series number two, but letter C represents a chaotic state in darkness. See, and what we're looking at, we're looking at, now he says that's a Passover. Now that's the way that he used that from pure spirit to reveal superincorporeal form or Passover from superincorporeal form to reveal spiritual form, right? And then we come to cosmogony or that chaotic state or what we say there's darkness. See, in the beginning, Yahweh Elohim created the heaven and earth. That's Genesis 1 and 1 and 2. If you'd like to read that, we can. Genesis 1 and 1? Yes. Genesis 1 and 1. In the beginning, Elohim created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. And well, the spirit of he has to move, he has to go back a couple of plates on this this chart series. 
you're talking about the first day he divided the light from the darkness, but we're talking about before that. So what you have, you have what we call cosmogony, and that's in the invisibility. You have this chaosis, plate number five. See, that's what we're talking about. And what we're talking about, we're talking about coming down. You have the most holy place. Now, in the most holy place, or coming down from the top, that's Yahweh's secret place. And he say he made darkness some something out of the number 18 or 11 or something. He says he made darkness his secret place. And then we come down, we have a carnivorous darkness on the face of the deep. And then we have dividing of the waters and we have that chaotic state, which is in darkness. Now we're picking that up because we're talking about the firstborn. You understand that's Yahweh Elohim. He's the firstborn of Yahweh. He's the son of Yahweh. And what we're talking about, him coming down from pure, pure spirit, superincorporeal form, and the physical form. So in this chaotic state, if we go back to our chart on the pattern of plan of salvation, maybe you ought to pick that up. Chart uh, on the pattern of plan of salvation, we'll get back to this one in a minute because I want you to look at the eight circles on top. Oh, elementary yes, chart. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. I use the titles because what I found out back in the day when I was going to class that uh, I was reading it all the time that Elohim is the archetype pattern of the universe and everything in the universe is patterned after him. I would read it, I would see it, but I didn't under, I didn't really understand it until we were in Kalamazoo and somebody just repeated it and it just clicked because these things have to be revealed to you by the Holy Spirit. Okay. It says that Yahweh Elohim is the archetype pattern and everything we're going to teach is going to go by. He gives Moses and the children of Israel that intangible tabernacle and they build it in the wilderness of Sinai and Yahweh's Yahweh by this, he's the pattern on the universe and everything we're going to look at is going to be the pattern of Yahweh, Elohim and Yahshua or the tabernacle pattern or the temple pitched by the children of Israel in the wilderness of Sinai, how Yahweh is physically explaining himself that we might know him. So what I'm looking at here, I'm talking about that chaotic state we have here in the eight circles across the top of this chart because we say this thing is a repeat. It's going to be a repeat. When we talk about seven steps in a tabernacle, we have those circles at the top. We have actually, we have eight circles, but eight starts new. So there are seven principal circles that we're looking at. Now, the first one is in chaos. Well, you got Yahweh Elohim in, the, in eternity, I might if I keep doing this, I'm going to be a long time. Okay, in his kingdom, which is spiritual, that has to be repeated. So what previous speaker said in this present kingdom age, the fifth and sixth dispensation, it is a spiritual kingdom, but it's not revealed what it should be. I think you were talking about that the other day that we have the Holy Spirit in a mortal body, an immortal spirit in a mortal body. But do we talking about that chaotic state there, the next circle? That's what we're talking about. In the beginning of creation, there was darkness. You see, we talk about Satan being cast down there into that darkness. I think you're reading, I don't know what you're reading, but you're reading Revelation 13 and 8. And we'll go back to 
Elohim, mm -hmm. the archetype original pattern of the universe. Mm -hmm. okay. Revelation, mm -hmm. Revelation 13 and 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So we're talking about this lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And we're talking about this darkness that's upon the face of the deep. So if we go back to Elohim, the archetype original pattern chart, and we talk about the children of Israel in the land of Egypt, we could have did it there, but, but this is this is a demonstration. We could have did it on the elementary chart, but we'll do it here. Now, what we're looking at, we're looking at the children of Israel in the land of Egypt. Now, this is the migration. We talk about a migration from pure spirit to superincorporeal form to physical form, and that's when we talk about the supernal nature of Yahweh, unity of spirit there in the cloud. So that's what we're looking at. Yahweh coming from pure spirit, passing over as Yahweh Elohim, passing over into the creation, physical creation, which represents Yahshua the Messiah. So when we talk about the children of Israel migrating, see, that's a migration. And we're talking about the firstborn of Yahweh, which is Yahweh Elohim in the spirit, you see. And he's migrating from pure spirit to reveal superincorporeal form. Now we call that a coming down, or we call that principally a death. And he's in the bosom of the Father. That's the burial. And he's bringing out the physical creation. And when we get to the sixth day, is Adam is a figure of him that is to come. He's the first man in the creation, but Doc Kenny puts it this way. He says on the third day, you have the seed of vegetation resurrecting and going into fruition or multiplying. And then he say three days from that, you have the first physical man, see, who's gonna be a figure of Yahshua the Messiah. So when we look at this Passover, we're looking at this final plague now we talk about the plague of darkness. You understand what I'm saying? And they're gonna offer the death of the firstborn, which is a type of what Yahweh is doing, bringing in the creation, coming down. So they're gonna migrate from this darkness. You understand? He's gonna tear now, whichever, now whatever, now he gives, the children of Israel, the Passover, when we talk about that Passover, 12th chapter of Exodus, if you have that, maybe I ought to get to 11th chapter of Exodus. You want to go back to Exodus? Yes. Well, what chapter did you want? It's probably 11th chapter talking about the darkness. And one okay. more, he's going to bring about one more plague. See, he talks about the plague of darkness and death of the mm -hmm. firstborn. So that's what we're dealing with in the 11th and 12th chapter. And that's Exodus. About... Okay, go ahead, Doc. Uh, no, it's Exodus 10 and 21 that talks about plague of darkness, if you wanted that one. Yes. Okay. Exodus 10 and 21. And Yahweh said unto Moses, stretch out thy hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be felt. 
And Moses stretched forth his hand toward heaven. And there was a thick darkness in all the land of Egypt three days. They saw not one another, neither rose any from his place for three days. But all the children of Israel. So you got this three days of darkness. See, but it's not kind of, and when you look in the creation, there's something slightly different. See, because when Yahweh Elohim said, let there be light, and he was light, you understand, and he divided the light from the darkness, that's the first day of the creation. But then we come down to the fourth day of creation where he puts the sun, moon, and stars in the creation. See, he puts the sun, moon, and stars. So what we're talking about, as far as we're concerned, that that nobody, you get into the, the he calls it, he calls it cosmic light. <laughs> That's in the most holy place. That's what he calls it. It's not the light of the sun. It's not incandescent. It's not fluorescent. It's not red light. It's not mercury vapor. You understand, this is the light of life. <laughs> Talking about Yahshua Messiah, but Doc Kennedy refers to that as cosmic light. And he divides the light from the darkness. So here he is migrating. The children of Israel, we're talking about that darkness. Now, if you look at that chart down there in the Elohim archetype original pattern chart, seeing what we're looking at now, sometimes I say these charts are color-coded. And you see the colors in there. Wasn't always that way in the textbooks. But go back to Elohim archetype original pattern chart. Now you see down here in the land of Egypt and you're seeing this migration. It says that earth inundated in water, Noah's in the ark down there. We're looking at the court roundabout in that plate. And we're looking at Egypt and down there in the land of Egypt is darkness. And we look at Yahshua the Messiah. Now he's Yahweh incarnated, Yahshua the Messiah, because we're looking at this. Uh, what is that? First Corinthians, I think it's five and eight. Yeah, this chart gets blurry as we blow it up. Where are you looking, yeah. Dr. Guy? Well, first Corinthians five and eight. Yahshua okay. passed over sacrifice for us. Mm -hmm. That's first Corinthians five and eight. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness but with unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I'm sorry, it's the scripture before that. That's 1 Corinthians 5 and 7. Purge out therefore the old leaven that ye may be a new lump as ye are unleavened. With an old leaven, you may be a new lump. We're talking about unleavened, but we got the feast of unleavened bread. You have the Passover. You're talking about a new lump. You're talking about red bread later on mm -hmm. that's going to rise. See, that all, you know, the bread, as we talk about that, really points to Yahshua side too, talks about his death, his burial, and his resurrection on the third day. We're talking about the children of Israel having the blood of the lamb in this migratory pattern. We're talking about Yahshua being crucified on the cross, and there's a darkness that comes over the earth. So, but he's, but read that. Mm -hmm. First Corinthians 5 and 7. Mm -hmm. Purge out, therefore, the old leaven that ye may be a new lump, as ye are unleavened. For even Yahshua, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Now, Yahshua 
is the Passover. He is sacrificed for us, but keep in mind what he is. He is the firstborn as Elohim of Yahweh. That's what we're looking at when we're talking about slaying the firstborn. The coming down is typical of a slaying. Children of Israel has to take out that lamb when we talk about the Passover without spot and blemish. Yahshua and John's going to say, behold, the lamb of Yahweh, which taketh away the sins of the world. So we're looking at Yahshua, the Messiah, the firstborn of Yahweh, not born of, of a woman. Uh, you know, he's born of the Holy Spirit or Elohim. See, he's the Passover. And what he's going to do, and, and you're going to pick up that principle again later on. See, so the children of Israel, their firstborn, typical, is going to typical that lamb is the lamb of Yahweh, and they're going to have the blood of the lamb, and their firstborn, that's what we're talking about, is not going to die. You understand? And that's what we're looking at, talking about the death of the firstborn. So we're talking about anybody that has the blood, you see that, you see the blood of the Lamb of Yahweh. You understand anybody that has the blood of the Lamb of Yahweh, Dr. Brazil mentioned something talking about one soul, but that's that's pretty much in the present kingdom age that we're talking about passing over from death unto life or being delivered or resurrecting spiritually in immortality. So we're following this migration, see, because this thing is repetitiously repeated. So the children of Israel, according to the witnesses, has to go to the death. They have to offer up a lamb, a male of the first year without spot and without blemish, just like Yahshua the Messiah. They have to come to the Red Sea, see? Now we have that, and we're, we're watching this migration in the creation. You see, when they come to the Red Sea, we're looking at this, this uh, Moses rod, and he's making a division that we're talking about. There's a division again. You understand when we talk about that? You see, we talk about the first three plagues in the land of Egypt. You understand that the children of Israel suffer. Well, I don't know. The three must mean something in here. It's eternal nature or something. And then we're going to talk about the last seven plagues. So we got Yahweh, Elohim, and Yahshua. And we got these six days and resting on the seventh day of creation. We're looking at a, re a repetition being repeated. See, so here's the children of Israel suffering the first three plagues. And then there's a division being made. Now, the last seven plagues is the, the Pharaoh and the, and the Egyptian are going to suffer. But the children of Yahweh, who has been chosen, have a way out. They have a way of delivering. The delivery is going to be of the blood of the Lamb. Our delivery is going to be the blood of Yahshua the Messiah or the gospel of the kingdom, his death his burial, his resurrection, and his ascension, and then he's going to give us a new law, just like Israel is going to have out here. In the holy place, we're going to receive the law of spirit of life. They receive the ordinances as a type. That's Yahshua in us. So then this tabernacle, which represents the supernal nature of Yahweh, they're going to pitch it. It's going to be a most holy place, holy place, court round about, 
the spirit of Yahweh, that cloud is going to fill it, and he's going to dwell among the children of Israel, and he's going to be in him. That's a type of him. And we say that tabernacle is a type of our physical body or that spirit of Yahweh or the Holy Spirit in particular dwelling in us. We're looking at this migratory pattern, you see, compared to the tabernacle pattern. This is the migration of the firstborn. So I'm looking at this. Now we'll follow it a little bit more and I'm going to stop because I don't want to take up all the time. So when I look at this, go back to the chart on the pattern of the plan of salvation, we're going to look at a couple of plates. And we're going to begin in the garden. Now, I mean, uh, yeah, the pattern of plan of salvation. Now, when I go back here to the first plate, the first man, we could have stayed back there, but this is fine. The first man that was created was Adam. Wasn't no more other man around. First physical man. Next place dealing with Noah and his family. But when we get to the that's dealing we deal that's dealing with the uh, age before the flood. These two plates, the antediluvian age. He's he's chosen particular individuals. When we talk about dispensation. We talk about him choosing Adam to Noah. Then we go over here and he picks up the man Abraham, right? Now, what does Abraham has to do, typical of the lamb being slain from the foundation of the world or the firstborn dying? You get the idea. So Abraham, now, if you had to look at that place, you probably had to look at charts here. Oh, you got it here. Yes. Abraham is told to do something. Take his firstborn and whom he loves, you understand, and offering for a burnt offering unto Yahweh. He's a figure, see, of him that is to come. See, talking about Isaac. He's not going to offer him up because he's not and then he say he caught a lamb in the thicket and he offers that up instead of his son. But Pharaoh and his host down there, they didn't have the blood of the lamb. They have to, he tells him that the firstborn is going to die. They were delivered, see, here, even if we go back to the man Adam, you understand? See, we talk about that blood back there, you understand? See, that woman's going to be saved in childbearing. So we're looking at, typically we're doing what we're doing all the time, but we're looking at this pattern being repeated. So that firstborn, he did, Isaac didn't die. Okay. I see sign. Because of the firstborn, you understand, was saved. Well, I should have just said this. I was talking about, I should have said uh, Cain and Enoch. <laughs> the blood that was offered up was uh, Abel's, you see. And then you got the same principle with uh, Isaac. They take the ram 
and the son is delivered, Yah, uh, Abraham offered the ram called in a thicket, which is a figure of the lamb of Yahweh. And then the same principle here, when you get in Egypt, they take the blood of the lamb in the land of Egypt in a migratory pattern because the principle is they offered the lamb, which points to the blood of the lamb of Yahweh. But Pharaoh didn't have the instructions, see, because we have some instructions that Pharaoh and the world has not been given. You understand? And that saves their firstborn, see? And then Yahshua at the end of the post diluvian age is going to be offered up. And if that firstborn is our soul, then Yahshua himself is offered up. And by his blood, you see, the Jews and the Gentiles are going to save their souls through Yahshua the Messiah. See, after his crucifixion, burial, resurrection, and ascension, if you simply believe on him, so that's what I'm looking at when we begin to talk about that firstborn dying and how that firstborn can be delivered by the blood of Yahshua the Messiah. Uh, thank you very much. I'm sorry I took up so much time. Oh, that's okay, Dr. Dye. Thank you. That, was, that, that helped me to understand that scripture a little better. So thank you. I appreciate that. And uh, once again, I'm not sure if anyone new joined, but we have open testimony. Um, we're talking about being thankful to Yahweh and our scripture lesson was the 136th division of Psalms. So um, anyone else like to say something, go right ahead. I just wanna um, share something. I am uh, grateful and thankful mm -hmm. to King um, Yahshua the Messiah. Can you hear me? Yes, we can. Oh, okay. And um, I've enjoyed the remarks of the previous vessels. And I'm not, I don't really have a lot to say. I never usually do. But I just thought that um, the testimonies about the plagues, um, what I have been shown with um, those first three plagues, if you um, look at the waters being turn to blood, I'm just equating this to us that are part of this uh, great divine vision that was given to our founder. Um, you had the doctrine, which is supposedly living water, it being turned to blood by an erroneous doctrine that is uh, being preached or that converted the teaching. Mm -hmm from what was originally given by Yashin Messiah to the founder. Then you have the amphibians, which are the frogs. That's the, um, the second, and uh, frogs, they live in water and out of water. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you had, a, 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 for lack of better words, um, a direction to go out and to spread or to, uh, that's the out of water, <laughs> out and spread this doctrine, you know, uh, travel and just go out and spread it, you know? And the in water are the satanic spirits that are incarnated in physical bodies, okay? And then you have uh, the lice. Now lice, what they do, is they suck on blood. They um, they get inside the body and they suck on blood. So you have a lot of individuals that did adhere 
to that uh, erroneous doctrine that was preached and that converted the vision that was given. And I thought the testimony of, um, I don't know who it was, but they were talking about the individual that sat in, um, in one of those uh, classes and, and they heard it and, and they just, anyway, Yashua brought them out. So I was looking at that and seeing it, how it, it was um, manifested down here with, we're supposed to be the school that was set up, supposed to be um, spiritual Israel, but all Israel is not of Israel. So uh, we were all exposed to that. Now you're gonna have to have a physical or a natural type and shadow of that. And I mean, if you look at the things that's going on in the world, you can definitely see there is definite plagues, you know, with the pandemic and so many deaths and all. I mean, if you look at uh, the definition of the word plague and um, you can see that. And I just thought that uh, just looking at those first three plagues that were poured out on the children of Israel and on the Egyptians and how we're supposed to be the spiritual Israel down here now, how that erroneous doctrine, how it flooded through all the classes and some fail and some did not. So um, anyway, that's uh, what I just wanted to share. And I really appreciate uh, the remarks of the previous festivals. And I am so grateful and thankful to Yahshua the Messiah that he has kept me and um, not allowed me to um, fall as the doxology says, because um, this is his purpose and we are his creatures. So we have to just honor and glorify him and just give him all the, the thanks that he has kept us through all of this and not allowed us to uh, turn and fall and continue because um, if you look at that last plague that the other vessel was talking about, the death of the firstborn, and you're talking about the soul and the darkness, um, the ninth plague, you, you're, the soul and darkness, and everything is coming to an end. And you can see that with the children of Israel and their migration, and they're coming up out the land of Egypt, coming to the Red Sea, and the pursuing Egyptians following them. Um, you can see that this thing is coming to a very quick, quick end. And then only Yahshua Messiah, just like Joshua the son of Nun, came and delivered the children of Israel to and through the Red Sea. And those pursuing, pursuing Egyptians, how they uh, they died in that red sea, that will represent that lake of fire. And Yahweh, uh, he didn't create that lake of fire not to be inhabited. It will be inhabited. And God Killing has on this one tape, uh, he says, I got your water on and it's scalded and hot. I think that's tape uh, Romans 119 and 20, it's an audio file. So uh, you know that this thing is coming to a quick end and 
we have to hold hold on to Yahshua's side and always give him glory and honor and, and praise because he's the one that translates these um these examples these types and shadows and shows us the reality of what these things are are pointing up to and um he will keep us those who he has foreknown to be part of that true messianic body on this earth plane and we will go to and through all this uh, craziness that's down here and we will resurrect alive on the other side and i mean in the fifth age we get that to look forward to and with that i'm gonna say hallelujah peace and love in yashua mm -hmm. hallelujah thank you dr quates and once again the floor is still open i would like to say a mm -hmm. couple of quick things here and I will be I will be very, very brief. Um, I'm I'm working today, which you know, that's a good thing. Okay. I, I still have a job, can't complain. I'm still here to tell the story. I am thankful. You know, um things are a little difficult for me right now. You know, we, we get a little emotional sometimes. We are human. We are human. But I am. I am grateful to be able to tell the story, not my story, but Yahweh's, Yahshua's story. Because Dr. Walker, we hear a lot of background know, noise. Can you, is that better? Yes. Is that better? Okay. Yes. I'm so sorry about that. Um, I am extremely thankful. You know, sometimes we lose sight of what's really important. And it's a hard thing to do. I'm not thankful because it's this so-called Thanksgiving holiday, which we all know how that came about. <laughs> really, really crazy. You know how so many people put so much stock into the physical things. But I am thankful to have any type of knowledge about Yahweh, Elohim, Yahshua. That is a beautiful thing to know anything about your creator. And it's a hard thing, you know, because you have outside entities that want to, you know, not believe it or, you know, and that's their, that's on them, you know, all we could do is tell them. And then we have ones that, you know, want to pick and choose parts of it. I really appreciate what the previous speaker said because I was actually one of them individuals that sat in one of those classes that taught that erroneous doctrine at the worst possible time ever. When I really needed to hear the gospel, I heard a lie. But at the same time, I heard the truth. I remember sitting in that chair that day and I text one of the brethren like, please, because I was still, you know, very new in class. And I text the brother like, please give me the scripture about the name. Just give me the, the scripture about the name because I couldn't find it. I was still new. You know, I'd never, even all of the years that I'd been in church, I'd never really actually sat down and just read my Bible. I never really actually tried to learn. I just always wanted to believe. I always wanted to know. But I didn't do anything about it. It's time out for that. As previous speakers were saying, time is too short. This is coming to an end. 
It's time out for playing with this. You cannot play with Yahweh. Those plagues were serious. You know, it, it, it was so serious that one of the plagues was death. Even with Moses, you know, they put out a death decree. Killed the, the, killed the male son, the firstborn male son. I've been through that too. <laughs> but you know what? I am very, very thankful today. I'm not caught up in this hoopla about the holidays. I am okay with being at work right now. I have the pleasure and the honor of being in participation in class today to learn something of my Heavenly Father. To know him for certain. To have him comfort me. Sometimes we think things are really, really big and they really don't mean nothing at all. What's big is Yahweh. What means something is Yahweh, Yahshua. That's, that's what's important. These holidays, all this, all this nonsense that goes on. And, and, you know, I've been guilty of it, you know, every single year, you know, going broke, you know, trying to buy food to cook a big dinner. And most of it goes to waste in my house because I have a small household. What am I doing all this for? Spend all this money on the so-called Christmas holiday, you know, and everything. And then afterwards, you know, struggle to pay your light bill. Come on. What's really important nowadays? What's really important nowadays is the love of Yahshua. The grace and mercy of Yahweh. That's the only thing in this world that's important. You know, one of my favorite things that I hear, you know, well, that I've heard in class was every tub has to stand on its own bottom. We're thankful for the people around us, the people in our lives, but we have to be actually thankful, more thankful than anything else for Yahweh. I know I'm a little all over the place, but it, yeah, it, it's just a real thing. Those people in Egypt, they went through hardship. They went through bondage. They went through the plagues, but there was light in Goshen. There was light in Goshen. And I, yeah, I'd like to think that's where that phrase comes from. You know, there's always a light at the end of the tunnel. That light in Goshen, in Goshen was the light at the end of the tunnel to know. Even when they got out there to that Red Sea and they stood there and didn't know which way to go. You know, the, the Egyptians was behind them. They had that sea in front of them. Like, where do we go? And what did they say? What did he say? Stand still and see the salvation. See the salvation. And sometimes it's hard to see. But I'm realizing it's okay when it's hard to see because sometimes when you can't see, you can feel. 
they, you know, um, in, in science, they say like um, when you age, certain sense, like say if you're going blind, other senses are heightened. So if you're having a hard time seeing, you probably have a better time hearing. I'm thankful for that. Because for whatever is we may think is taken away from us, we have to always remember that, that there is something else that is giving. And we have to be appreciative of what is given. Yahweh is the all in all, and that is all. And um, just give me John 1 and 1 real quick quick and i am going to be down you know so i can get back to work and everything before i get in trouble but yahweh is way more important than sitting at a desk doing a job doing the rigmarole this is more important than anything in this world this is our salvation this is our life this is our eternity Does anyone have that for me, John 1 and 1? Sorry, I was talking on mute. And you have five minutes, Dr. Walker. That's John okay. 1 and 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with Yahweh, and the Word was Yahweh. And, and just real quick, so the Word is not that Bible that I used to hold in my hand, like, yeah, I got the Word in my hand. No. It took me to come to this class to realize what the Word was is will always be and it was with Yahweh and it it is Yahweh continue please second verse the same was in the beginning with Yahweh mm -hmm. all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made that is correct mm -hmm. and um just jump down for me where the word was made flesh. Because you know that 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 very same word, I'm so grateful to even know this. I never knew this before. I'm so grateful to even know that. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. That's 14 verse. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. That is so beautiful. Yahweh loved us, his creation so much that he came down in the flesh and dwelt among us. Walk right with the people. And guess what? He walks right with us today we may not see him physically but we know he walks with the spiritually i know it's a slew of us that can testify that to events like there could only been yashua because it is only yashua it is only yahweh elohim yashua and i am grateful to know that i have such a wonderful father a wonderful father. I don't have my physical father anymore, but I am grateful to have such a wonderful father that loves me, that protects me and keeps me. 
that allows me to want to know him and learn of him. And I'm just so grateful of that. And with those words, I'll say hallelujah. And I'm done. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Walker. And for our final speaker, we'd like to call on the Dean of the Southfield, Michigan branch, Dr. Marvin Lewis. Dr. Lewis. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. And I enjoyed the previous speakers and the things they talked about, they had no idea what the true Thanksgiving was before they were able to sit in front of this vision of revelation given to our founder and dean, Dr. Henry Clifford Kinley in the year 1931. Now we have come to not only understand the creator's true name, but also to understand that the creator is hidden in a mystery that the world cannot come to understand him. Yahweh has to present himself to the individual in truth and in clarity before we can accept it. So I'm thankful like everyone else for many things. And some of the things I'm thankful for is I never thought, I never thought to even appreciate some of the things we have learned and received from this great teaching and from this vision and revelation that Yahweh has always given mankind just to make sure that mankind has it straight. Because as we look in the world, we've come to understand and see what happens to a man when he does uses his own imagination. And when we get tied up with our own imagination, we come up with everything but the truth. Everything we come up with is somehow to benefit us. We never knew, at least I never knew till I came into this organization in front of this vision or until Yahweh revealed to me, see the importance of his name. I thought it didn't make any difference what you called him. So that's something that I'm extremely thankful for, especially when I've come to understand and realize that if you don't know and understand the Yahweh's name and what his purpose is, then your chances of being saved are extremely thin. So the first step, see, is we have to know and understand Yahweh and what his purpose is and how we fit in his purpose. Because the way things are going in the world now, if you don't have something above and beyond what you're looking at every day, what you're exposed to every day, you will be hopeless like many of the world is. See, you don't know what to do. You're afraid to leave your house. You're afraid to say anything to anybody. You're afraid to correct anybody if they're making a mistake. See, you're afraid to talk to someone's kids because you don't know how they react. You can't even go to a parade anymore because of the satanic spirit is present. And as he knows, see, as the scripture has stated, see, that he knows his time is short. And the fact that he knows his time is short has caused him to act so that he can get all the souls he can get before Yahweh casts him in the lake of fire, along with those souls that he takes. So he's on a mission. 
and his mission is to deny, to try to deny Yahweh his sons that he has chosen. But now I'm grateful that Yahweh has placed in me, see, that I recognize and understand what a son's job is towards his father. And that is to honor, love, and obey. The same thing we expect from our own children as parents. That's what we desire. And that means more to us than anything one of our children can accomplish in this life. Is that they honor, obey, and love us. That's the whole purpose of being a parent. Is to gender, is to... Uh, generate that type of emotion from your offspring. And the reason we have it like that, folks, is that's the way our father has it. I mean, our heavenly father, Yahweh, that's his desire. And that's why when he manifested in the flesh as Yahshua the Messiah, see that he gave all honor and praise and glory to himself in that pure spirit state of existence, the father of all creation, the father of everything that exists, seen and unseen, known and unseen. He's the father. That's why you have it. That's one of the ways you are made in the likeness and image of him, is you desire, your, your desires are manifested through you to show what he desires. Now, the world doesn't know that. The world thinks that the creator desires to have people genuflect, make the sign of the cross, wear white robes, sing in low rumbly tones, uh, try to be perfect. And all they're doing is they know it. And listen, and when we came into this gospel, that's one of the things that we had to face. And that's one of the things that makes it hard for many people to accept this great teaching. And that is simply that me, myself, am nothing. Everything that I thought I knew is now in a grab bag. And I'm going to tell you something else too, folks. I'm not ashamed to say that there's some more stuff I'm sure I have to put in that grab bag. But I'm counting on Yahshua to allow me to do it. I'm counting on Yahshua to clean me up and make me acceptable to the Father at the instantaneous revelation. That's what I'm thankful for. And I'm thankful that Yahweh, I still have the opportunity because I still trust in the name of the Savior Yahshua to deliver me. I'm not trusting in anybody else's name. That's right. Because if you go back and look at the history in the scriptures, and everything Yahweh has manifested that we're conscious of is Yahweh picked up a man, used that man, and laid him down. But it was Yahweh doing the works. So I'm not going to worship another person by name. I'm not going to worship a body that Yahweh may have been in at one time or another. See? Because what Yahweh does, he just lay, listen, if he manifested as Yahshua the Messiah and he saw fit to lay his own body down, see, to return to the Father, then why are we worshiping physical bodies? 
or even the names of physical bodies. Yahweh is spirit. And where the spirit of Yahweh is, there is liberty. So you don't have to worry about does an individual physical man, does he think I'm treating him right? Does he know that I'm respecting him? See, we all have the same problem, folks. We all need a savior. Me, I myself can save nobody. I can't even save myself. So what are you running up to me for? I mean, think about it. I'm not talking about me as an individual. I'm just talking about as, a, as an example of something like that. See, and Yahweh, listen, whatever wisdom and understanding and knowledge that Yahweh has given you, he's given to you for you to use it for his purpose so that the world or someone might come to understand him as it really is and actually exists. It's not because you're a brainiac. The tools, the tools that Yahweh gives you, just like a warrior, the weapons that Yahweh gives you is to use for his purpose and his pleasure only, not to satisfy yourself, not to feed your ego, rub yourself on the back, not to have people look up to you. Now, Yahweh manifested in the flesh as Yahshua the Messiah. And he came humble and he came down to be abused. Now you ought to expect that if Yahweh's with you and stop whining about it. There's nothing in this world for us folks. There's absolutely nothing here. The only way out is what you're a part of right now. Now we need to accept that, to understand it and to cling to it because this really is the true statement of clinging to something for your life. Cling to it because it is your life. Hallelujah. All praises to Yahshua the Messiah. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, Dr. Lewis. We appreciate that. And we have time for one more quick testimony if anybody would like to say anything i just want to say one quick thing mm -hmm. uh, i enjoyed class today i'm thankful y'all we had class and i want to say to uh, all our brother who have been joining us john myra dr silver lewis dr james die i'm thankful to yahweh for you and for the things that he brings through you guys and for your support because uh uh, sometimes it get rough running these classes. I'm mm -hmm. telling you a lot of times things that Yahweh brings through you guys. I'm thankful to Yahweh for making us all one class. You know, I think we were all one in the spirit, but Yahweh has brought so many brothers together through this pandemic and this Zoom thing. I'm very thankful for that. So, mm -hmm. our praise the Yahshua. Hallelujah. Thank you, Dr. Lewis. And I, I will definitely echo that sentiment. It It is a wonderful thing that Yahweh has done for his sons at the end of the age. The plague is wonderful for us because it's allowed us to meet with each other virtually, which we know is typical or, or a symbol of spiritually. He has allowed those fire tapes to come through. For me, it is awesome because it speaks to Yahweh in these last days continuing to clarify what he has told us from the beginning 
now we can hear it crystal clear in his voice. And that's what Yahweh does as we get closer. He makes his word crystal clear, but only to his sons, as Dr. Brazil talked about in John 17 chapter. It was given to us to know. And that's why Yahweh had those tapes brought out. I'm very thankful for that. I'm thankful each and every day that Yahweh allows me to remember that is he and he alone that controls all things, that helps me to understand the way the world is going today. I don't fear it, as our Dean said, it's not fearful for me anymore, like it used to be. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful that Yahweh allowed us to meet as he does now. I'm thankful that he has allowed some of us to have rest from this flesh before the universal revelation. I'm thankful for that. I am so thankful for all things that Yahweh gives us and everything that he gives us is for the good of him and for the good of us and for the edifying of our souls. So I'm very thankful for that. If Yahweh allows us to meet again in person as we did prior to the pandemic, that would be great. That would be awesome. I don't personally think it will because it seems like this thing is gonna keep going, but for whatever Yahweh does, he is good and his mercy endure forever. And we want to really thank everyone for coming out um, on this early day today. I know it's, um, it's not our usual time and that's why you know our attendance is low, but we thank you for coming out and holding our arms up as Dr. Dorian Lewis said it. It's difficult sometimes running these classes. Um, we need all the participation we can get. We are grateful to Yahweh that you joined. We're always grateful for your testimonies. We're always grateful that you spend your time with us, with the sons, glorifying, honoring, and obeying, and listening to the word of Yahweh, our Elohim, through his son, Yahshua Messiah. And with that, I will say hallelujah. And we want to acknowledge, um, once again, our visiting brethren, Dr. Dai, Dr. Lewis, Dr. The doctors John and Myra Quates, Dr. Um, I think that was it. Yes, <laughs> we want to thank you all uh, for always coming to visit us. We we really do look forward to you coming. Oh, Dr. Paula Brown, I knew it was someone I was forgetting. Sorry, Dr. Brown. And we want to um, always thank you um, for any and every testimony that Yahweh gives you to give to the body, because it is for the edifying of the soul and the edifying of the body of Yahshua the Messiah. And um, with that, we will conclude our lecture for today. Our classes are held on Zoom, typically Tuesdays and Thursdays from 6.30 p.m. to 9.30, I'm sorry, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And on Sundays from 11.30 to 1.30, our in-person class session, the next one will be, I believe, as Dr. Shirley, Shirley Nelson is on, I believe that date is uh, December the 5th will be our next in-person class. Dr. Nelson, please correct me if that's wrong. No, that is correct. You are okay. absolutely correct. Okay, thank you, Dr. Nelson. Thank so our, our next, yes, our next in-person session will be uh, December the 5th and that will be from 11 to one live. But remember, we'll also be Zooming that day as Dr. Um, uh, Lauren Lewis said previously, we'll always have Zoom sessions when we have our live sessions. So thank you. And with that, let us um, give reverence to Yahweh through his son, Yahshua Messiah, with our doxology to end our class today.
now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to the only wise Elohim, our Savior, through Yahshua the Messiah, our Sovereign, belong glory and majesty, dominion and power before all time, now and forever. Let us all say hallelujah. Hallelujah.